Welcome everybody to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Nate, and uh, we're in a little bit of a weird week here. Obviously, there's no baseball on. Uh, I'm in Florida, sunny Florida. Probably going to get quarantined down here in the next couple days for who knows how long, so we'll see when I can get back to Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, just a, just a weird time. You all know it. I know it. We don't need to talk about it. Uh, excuse my voice. I've got a cold, um, a cough yet again. You know, I had a cough for a couple months. Those of you that have listened for a while now will have known that I had a cough for a long time. Well, cough's back. Cold is back. So we'll see how this goes. Um, obviously, there's no baseball to talk about, no new baseball to talk about. And uh, don't really want to get into price trends. If you look at prices, you can see them trending down. Uh, for pretty much everyone. So today we're just going to talk about the top 100 Fangraphs top 100 list. I'm going to go over various different things um, that I like, that I don't like, the breakdown of it, this and that. Not going to cover too many prices, maybe one or two guys here or there. I know this is a baseball card podcast, but um, you know I'm trying to keep things a little bit lighter. A little bit more enjoyable since you know so much is going on right now that is unenjoyable for a lot of people almost all people really so we're going to cover the top 100 list which is really 120 list they cover uh eric longenhagen and kylie mcdaniel formerly kylie mcdaniel kylie mcdaniel went to espn uh eric longenhagen just covers all 50 future value players or better so 50 60 70 80 55 two in there um 65 so there's 120 players on this list uh even though it's called the top 100 and uh pretty good list um from what i was looking at got a decent number of notes here so let's jump into it hopefully this won't take too long you get a little bit of information we get something done on a day where there's no baseball being played and i have no idea what i'm going to do next week and uh we'll get you on with your day and you can enjoy your quarantine uh with the rest of us so to start off let's break down the list there is 120 players like i said and uh 42 of them are pitchers 12 left-handers 30 right-handers but there's 10 pitchers in the top 20 which is uh kind of cool if you are a pitcher guy like me and aaron if you are a position player guy you are not very excited about that there was 15 shortstops 10 second basemen five first basemen, six third basemen, ten catchers, four left fielders, six right fielders, and 18 center fielders. Um, if you're keeping track at home, that is only like 116 players, I believe, and not 120. I messed up. I just did not have the patience to go back through and find the four players I'm missing and count every position again. So... There's only 116, but you get the basic gist of it. You get the basic gist of the fact that a lot of pitching, uh, 42 of the 120, one-third of the players on this list is pitching. And then a lot of it is athletes. 18 center fielders, 15 shortstops. That's uh, 33 of your premium positions there. There's 10 second basemen and 10... uh, catchers which are both up the middle positions so a lot of up the middle talent on this list a lot of athletes on this list and a lot of pitching on this list not a ton of corner 
positions. Not a ton of right fielders, left fielders, first baseman or third baseman. Combined, there's 21. 21 corner uh, infielder and outfielders out of the 120. So 99 others are uh, those other premium positions or pitching. So I thought that was interesting. Clearly, uh, Fangraphs puts a emphasis on scouting grades and athleticism over uh, numbers. And we'll get into that a little bit later. So I wanted to cover the top 10 specifically. Um, in the top 10, you have obviously Wanda Franco, number one, Gavin Lux, number two. That's the exact same as MOB Pipeline. At number three, you have Mackenzie Gore. Uh, Gore was number five on Pipeline. Number four, you've got Jordell, which I like. I like him a little bit higher. Jordell was number six on MLB Pipeline. Adley Rushman was five on Fangraphs, and Rushman was four on MLB Pipeline. Then you have Jesus Lazardo at number six, and Lazardo was all the way down at 12 on Pipeline. So Lazardo on here was the second-ranked pitching prospect, whereas on Pipeline he was the fourth. So uh, second best on Fangraphs, fourth best on MLB Pipeline. And then Luis Robert was seventh. That's quite the drop for him from MLB Pipeline. He was third on Pipeline, uh, seventh on Fangraphs. Fangraphs guys are the ones that you know I've heard, I've I've seen talk about the Lewis uh, Brinson comparisons. So you know they're a little bit, they're obviously really high. He's still a top ten prospect, but they're a little bit lower on him than others, and that's probably because of the Lewis Brinson comparisons and the risk that is involved there. Number eight is Nate Pearson. I love that. You guys know Aaron and I love Nate Pearson. We've not loved Nate Pearson for a long time. And he was eight on MLB Pipeline, so there's an agreement there. Number nine was Julio Rodriguez, which obviously we really love. I thought Julio was a $400 last year when he came out at $120. I wanted people to buy. I thought he was a $400 guy. Just looking at him, looking at how Juan Soto did, looking at how he's doing, thought he was a $400 guy. Well, the highest I saw him this offseason was like $390 for a base auto. So, pretty close, stinking close to a $400 guy already. I thought that was going to happen midseason. Obviously, price is our trending down right now, so you might be able to get a good deal on him. We'll cover that a little later. But uh, Julio Rodriguez at number 9 is something I love. And then Joey Bart at number 10. Uh, a little bit surprising here. He was 14 on MLB Pipeline. There's a couple guys I would like a little bit better, I think. Well, specifically Jared Kalenic. I would like I would like Jared Kalenic to be number 10. Then Joey Bart. Um, just youth and offensive upside, I think, there. Obviously, obviously Joey Bart has the position strength on him but uh you can't really complain i don't mind it as much i just think Kalenic deserves a top 10 spot or Kalenic, sorry um other things to note here is that some of the positions are weird and that was the top 10 some of the positions are weird uh they've got royce lewis listed as a center fielder so you know, I covered 18 center fielders. Well, Royce Lewis was listed as a center fielder, and I was going to be playing some center field, but he was drafted as a shortstop. I would probably just keep the guy drafted like he was. Um, they had Brendan Rodgers as a second baseman, and I know Brendan Rodgers is going to be coming up for the Rockies and playing second base. 
but he was because Trevor Story's there, but he was drafted as a shortstop. And he played shortstop most of his minor league career. I would just kept it there. It's not really important. This is really just nitpicking on my point on my part because there's nothing else to talk about in the sports world. But you know, would have preferred it. Taylor Trammell is a left fielder. He played a lot of left field last year, but he played a lot of left field for the Reds. He played 31 games, I believe, for San Diego and played all of them in center field. So since he is on San Diego now, I would have probably listed him as a center fielder. Uh, especially because they have Tommy Pham and Trent Grisham now in San Diego who are going to be left and right field. You're going to need Taylor Trammell to play center field. And then uh, even guys like Alex Kirilov listed as a first baseman. Um, He's played mostly outfield in his career. He can play first base, kind of like, you know, Cody Bellinger and Max Kepler can play first base, but also are good outfielders. That's the Alex Kirilov mold right there. Uh, Alex Kirilov... You know, it's nitpicking, I know, but he's. I would have preferred him being listed as an outfielder than a first baseman, especially if somebody's going to look at this list and say, who do I invest in? And then they see Kirilov and it says first baseman, like, oh, I don't want to invest in that. When Kirilov's a pretty nice player um, and a much nicer player if he's a left fielder than a first baseman. So just a little bit of, a little bit of weirdness there that I didn't necessarily agree with. Um, I had a couple couple disagreements and agreements so i'll start with the disagreements um casey mize is listed below matt manning matt manning is ranked 12th and casey mize is ranked 16th matt manning had the better year in double a but he had a taste of double a the year previous um so there's that he had already he already got his feet wet so that's kind of nice and casey mize just you know he has that first round pick our first overall pedigree, I would be willing to bet on that. I'd be willing to bet on the college guy. I really love Matt Manning. Don't get me wrong. Years ago, I told Aaron to invest in Matt Manning. He did, and then he sold out because he's taking too long to get his money back, and now Matt Manning is incredible. That being said, Casey Mize, four spots lower. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I'm okay with Matt Manning being 12th. I just don't think Casey Mize is the worst pitching prospect than Matt Manning. They're probably equal in my mind. Um, Royce Lewis at 13. He's got big tools, really, really big tools, but he's huge, huge risk. He has not had a good year to this point um, outside of A-ball. Just to read you off his stats very quickly, in AA last year he hit... 231 with a 291 on base and a 358 slugging in A plus ball. He hit 238 with a 289 on base and a 376 slugging. And the year before that in A plus ball, he hit 255 with a 327 on base and a 399 slugging. Um, the one was 110 WRC plus in 2018 in A plus. Last year he ran a 97 WRC plus in A plus and an 88 WRC plus in AA. So that is really bad. And there is some huge risk. Obviously, his tools are still good. He's got a 50-hit, 60-game power out of, a, out of a shortstop or center fielder. But again, I just, I just think there's too much risk here to make him a 13th overall pick I, or prospect. I would have preferred him to drop a little bit farther. I don't think you can drop him too far, but uh, a little bit of a farther drop would have been nice, maybe into the 20 ish range and then 
just a little bit here on I personally prefer guys with a track record. They might not have as big of a ceiling or as high of tools, but they've done it in, you know, A-plus ball, double-A. And uh, there's a couple guys at the end of the list, like Orelvis Martinez, who played in rookie league ball and did really well and has amazing tools. But I'd still rather have Tyler Freeman or a Bryce Terang type of guy ranked ahead of him because they've shown what they can do. That being said, it doesn't really matter because the rankings on this don't really matter. It's more of the future value. You know, Joey Bart, a 60 future value, and uh, Michael Kopech, a 60 future value, they should have the same value going forward, even if Joey Bart is 10th and Michael Kopech is ranked 19th. Um, that being said, occasionally rankings do matter. Like, we have... 45, uh, 55 future value or better players on this list, which means we have um, 75, I believe, 75 guys that are ranked uh, 50 future value and below. So you're you're kind of saying Nico Horner at 46 and Bryce Terang at 104 are the same, even though if you were looking at this list, you'd say, oh, Nico Horner is... 60 spots better than Bryce Durang, I'm going to invest in him. So sometimes the spot matters, especially when it's a guy like Brennan Davis, who is Chicago Cubs center fielder prospect, who was uh, ranked number 50 overall. And he's only played 50 games uh, last year in A-ball, hasn't played above A-ball. I think that's just a little bit too high. I know all this... The, the spots don't matter because it's just the future value ranking. But if somebody's looking at this, and they're like, ooh, I really want to invest in Brennan Davis because he's 50th when there's really no difference between him and, you know, uh, Alec Thomas at 70, even though that's 20 spots, same type of player. But Brennan Davis is really young in A-ball. I would, would have liked him to have been dropped a little bit farther. It's not end of the world type of stuff here, especially because people use MLB pipeline more than fan graphs, but it's still kind of important, and a 50, uh, 50 uh, ranking for Brennan Davis is a little bit too high. If he had autos, which he doesn't, he just has uh, 2018 base cards and color, um, I think somebody out there would be like, oh, Brennan Davis, 50th overall prospect, or top top 50 prospects, I gotta get him. And then they'd... Uh, spend money on a guy that really has nothing uh, more impressive than a guy like Jordan Groshans at 80. So that is uh, just a little bit of my disagreements there. And then um, on to things I like. They gave an 80 future value to Wander Franco. I love that. Those are some big cojones right there to give somebody an 80 future value that never happens. This may be the first time in Fangraph's history that that happened. Um, and of anybody that deserves it, Wander Franco's the guy. You know, you'd hear in the offseason, people are like, oh, Wander Franco, he's overrated. Oh, he didn't hit for power. He's an 18-year-old shortstop that does everything well in high A. I'll take that all the time. So, love that. Uh, a 60 future value and ninth overall for Julio Rodriguez. I love that. Obviously, you guys, we talked about it a little bit before, but we love Julio. 
here at slab stocks and uh, 60 future value and a ninth overall pretty stinking good uh, while we're on the subject of Wander Franco and Julio Rodriguez I didn't want to bring up too many prices but I will bring up these so we had a BGS 9.5 Julio Rodriguez base go for 400 and about $10 shipped on March 17th which was yesterday $410 to put that in perspective I was telling you a base non-graded like maybe two weeks ago sold for $390 uh, maybe like 396 something like that with shipping so uh, about $15 more two weeks later for a 95 uh, we're, we're watching these prices drop in front of our very eyes and I don't want to say go out and buy because everything I've been reading reading about the coronavirus and I'm trying to keep this light but this should be brought up a little bit uh, everything I've been reading um, we're looking at probably 18 months until there's a uh, cure you know, a vaccine, we're looking at at least two months of probably no baseball, no basketball. You know, we might have to keep quarantining and then unquarantine and then quarantine. I read multiple things. It all seems pretty bad. It all seems like this is going to go well through the summer. Uh, seven months from now is October. I'll be like, if we go for seven months, I'll be like, I'm turning 26 in October. And we might not have any sports till then. So I'm not telling you to go buy because you just might not be able to sell it and prices might keep going down. But it is something to watch is that prices are already dropping. And these are some very blue, blue, blue chip prospects that are worth the buy here. Julio Rodriguez and even Wander Franco. If we look at Wander Franco's prices, we just had a base go for 525 Buy it now. That's a really good buy it now deal. Uh, 560 when they've been going for like 600 to 700 all day for the last month, we are watching a drop. And obviously, it's only you know somewhere between 40 and 140 dollars. I've seen them. There, it's very weird. There's no rhyme or reason. It's somewhere always between like six and 700 for Wanda Franco base autos. So 560, pretty low. You can save some money there. Um, so pay attention to that. I don't think this is the end. I think they're going to keep dropping um, just because of the way the world's going. People are losing their jobs and stuff. Uh, there's not going to be a ton of disposable income. So you're going to need to sell those cards to pay that rent and stuff. So we'll see where that goes. But keep an eye out on it. It's cheaper than it was. Once everything gets back to normal, you can probably expect it to go back up. So if you buy it now... You know, you're probably making a profit, but you can probably wait a little bit longer. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, O'Neill Cruz at 32. I really love that. I'm a big fan of O'Neill Cruz. Obviously, he's a 6'7 shortstop for the Pirates. He's got a ton of power, and he should be able to stick at shortstop. But if he can't, he should be a star at third base. He could be a star at first base. He could be a star in the outfield at all three outfield positions. He's he's uh quick enough to play center i don't think they would do it but he could i think in a pinch so he's got the ability to be a star at multiple positions and i like that he's finally recognized for that by being ranked 32nd on fan graphs um and then the last two is my, uh, two of my favorite players jordan adams at 79 and jordan groshans at 80 just nice seeing him get in a little respect i think jordan groshans would have been a little bit better if he had stayed healthy last year ranked a little bit higher he wasn't might be a good oppor buying opportunity. He was $55 before this. Um, we'll see what he is in a couple weeks.
but uh, might be a good buying opportunity there. Some big upside for him I really like. And then Jordan Adams at 79. Obviously, he's really raw. We've talked about him a lot, but a nice player there in Jordan Adams and a nice system with the Angels. So uh, kind of exciting there for me anyways. So there's my likes and disagreements. I've got a couple other things I want to bring up. Um, there was a, uh, I had a little bit of a who's that situation going on for Tanaj Thomas. Um, if you've never heard of Tanaj Thomas, I don't blame you. He is a Pittsburgh Pirate uh, pitcher, right-handed pitcher that played in rookie ball last year. He was part of a trade where the headliners were Jordan Luplo and Eric Gonzalez. Let that sink in for a little bit. Jordan Luplo and Eric Gonzalez were the headlining major league players in this trade that Tanaj Thomas came over in, and Fangraphs ranked him 78th. 78th. They ranked him ahead of Jordan Groshans. They said he's probably the most casual, unknown 100-mile-per-hour thrower in all of baseball. Um, Pretty incredible. If we look at his right up here, that I'll... Oh, went right past it. My bad. I wanted to read you his write-up real quick just so you could see it because there was some interesting information in here. And he's an interesting guy. The unfortunate part about him is that he does not have an auto. So this is what they said. Building a pitching prospect in a laboratory and the other and the other result in Thomas, who also has elite arm strength and athleticism. He's a low-mileage conversion arm who is just scratching the surface. An athletic conversion arm with a big, broad-shouldered, projectable frame and almost no miles on his arm because of the conversion. And by conversion, they mean he was a third baseman slash shortstop uh, when the Indians signed him, They tra- and then they turned him into a pitcher and then traded him to the Pirates. And uh, he's been incredible. Thomas has been pitching in relative obscurity to this point because he's been on the backfields and in the Appalachian League. He may be the most anonymous 100-mile-per-hour arm in baseball. He snaps off some promising breaking balls and has pretty significant command projection because of his athleticism. There aren't many young high-variance arms on this list, but Thomas's frame, his fresh arm, his elite velo, and how enthused I am about the breaking ball changeup and command projection because of how athletic he is gives him a chance to attain some nutty right-tail outcomes. Um, If you're trying to think of a guy who had limited uh, exposure, and limited pitching experience because of a conversion. Look no further than Josiah Gray, who converted in college, got drafted by the Reds, traded to the Dodgers, and went from a $3 auto to a $25 auto last year. So these guys are always interesting. Unfortunately, he has no auto. If he did, they would be the type of thing I would tell you to snap up for $5 all day. So that was uh, interesting, 79th, 78th overall prospect, having never heard of him. That's always fun learning about a new guy. And then uh, a couple other things that I noticed. Uh, There was one player on this list that I really did not like last year so much that I wrote an article about him, and that was Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia is a shortstop prospect slash second base prospect for the Washington Nationals, and he was like $60, $65 last year. I kept seeing people writing about him being like, Oh, this guy's going to be the next Juan Soto. This guy's going to be the next, you know, know, Victor Robles. And they were just saying it because he was a young international prospect that had upside. 
and the Nationals had had a decent number of those guys. Not everyone just gets the next Juan Soto. It doesn't just happen like that. Juan Soto's one of a kind. And I was like, dude, 60 bucks for this guy? That's a, that's a terrible deal. I would sell. I would sell right now. Granted, I said the same thing for Pete Alonso, and we see all see how that went. That was a terrible prediction by me. I got burned on that. But the Luis Garcia one, I did not get burned. He went down to like $30 a base. If you sold, you didn't lose you know, half your profit there. But now, Luis Garcia is interesting since he is actually a fair price at $30 or maybe even lower. I haven't checked his prices in a while. In a while. He's much more interesting because he's got a 60-hit duel. He's not even 20 yet. He can play second base. He can play third base. He should hit a lot of doubles, and if he if he fills out, they think he's got a 20 home run ceiling in there. That's an interesting player for 30 bucks. So a guy I hated last year for $60, somewhat more interesting for 30. I'm not saying go break the bank, but you know if you wanted to take a gamble and buy one, all right, you know it's it's a worthwhile uh, test, especially because he played in Double A last year as a 19 year old. That's really young, and. Uh, I like the I like the upside there. I just didn't like the upside to go from 60 to 100 when he didn't show that much. Um, uh, lastly, I would like to bring up well, a couple a couple more things I'd like to bring up here before I close out. Uh, there was two guys, two positions that I really did not like on the uh, MLB pipeline list that I do like on Fangraphs, and that was. Andrew Vaughn and Dylan Carlson. Andrew Vaughn in the top 100 list, pipeline top 100 list, was ranked 16th, and Dylan Carlson was ranked 17th. If you remember listening back to that podcast, I complained. I thought it was a little bit cheap. Andrew Vaughn's a first base only guy who's got a good bat, but first he's first base only. That shouldn't be more valuable. Um to anyone than a Julio Rodriguez or like a Carter Kaiboom or a Michael Kopech or a Matt Manning or a C.J. Abrams. And then also, uh, I did not like Dylan Carlson. He was a pop-up guy who had his first really, really good year last year. Granted, he was amazing, but he's a left fielder who was a pop-up player. Um, I like to give it a little bit of time. I'm not saying you can't rank him high, but you know, top 20 for a guy that had his first good year that's a bit extreme especially for a left field only guy so Fangraphs did a much better job in my mind uh, they ranked Andrew Vaughn 37th and Dylan Carlson 39 and then one last guy specifically that I want to bring up is Geraldo Perdomo you'll remember I brought Geraldo Perdomo up in the MLB pipeline thing because he was ranked like 87th and I really like the idea of him well or yeah 87th um, let me look. Let me look where Geraldo Perdomo was. 82nd. He was 82nd. And Geraldo Perdomo this year for Fangraphs is ranked 91. Um, I still really like him. He is 6'3, 180 pounds. He's got room to fill out. He's got an amazing eye at the plate. Like an amazing eye at the plate. Like 4% better walk rate than strikeout rate. And his strikeout rate was like 9%. So a 13% walk rate is really good. If he can fill out his frame and get to some power, and they said his exit velocities were trending up every month of the season, he could be an absolute star. 
I don't get this excited about guys very often, and obviously it's a huge risk. If he doesn't gain weight and gain power, then you're looking at a light hitting, good eye at the plate, decent fielding shortstop, which is nice, but it's no different than like Bryce Terang, who is nice, but still, it's Bryce Terang. Um, so, but I like Ger- Geraldo Perdomo. Uh, refractor just sold for $45, you know, out of $4.99. A base BGS 95s just sold for $65. Uh, green cracked ice sold for or, um, sold for $50 on March 15th. A base sold for $30 on March 15th. You know, $30. Bucks, and it might go down a little bit more for Geraldo Perdomo. I'll take that bet. I'll take the bet that he fills out. And he becomes like the top uh, prospect in the Padres system. He's pretty exciting. I could see it happening. I really love this guy. So with that, just to uh, cover all the guys that I wanted to talk about, this is a quick podcast mainly because I haven't been feeling great, uh, cold and stuff, uh, throat and stuff. So trying to keep it quick. But that's all the guys I want to talk about. Just lastly, a little bit of an overview here of the whole list in general. I said earlier, it's a really it's a uh, you know athleticism and scouting grade type of list more so than uh, stats put up. At least that's how it feels like to me. I like a lot of the grades. There's not really a bunch of nitpicking I can do here. Um, I like that Spencer Howard is 26th. I think he's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. I like that you know Bobby Witt was 23rd instead of 10th. I think 10th was a really quite a bit too high. There are some major question marks about Bobby Witt, even though he was the second overall pick. Uh, and he's coming out in 2020 Bowman baseball, so get ready for that coming up soon. Um, if uh, we all have jobs and are able to afford it, <laughs> that is. Uh, but mostly, you know, there's no real con- uh, complaints here. Uh, maybe something like D.V. Garcia being 42nd. As a 20-year-old that was pushed at AAA, maybe I don't agree with that over somebody like Logan Gilbert or Ian Anderson or Sixto Sanchez. Maybe I think that's a little high. I think he might be able to go down a little bit more. But mostly, I like most of the rankings, or nothing really stood out to me like, oh, that's insane. So that was really nice. Um, overall, I think Fangraphs does a very good job every single uh, year uh, with their rankings. Um, I think they do a very good job with their picks to click. They always hit like 25-30% on their picks to click, which is a really good thing for you guys to pay attention to because if you can buy those guys on their picks to click before they hit the big time, you're looking at you're looking at some big bucks there. So, Fangraphs always been a fan. Love what they do. Unfortunately, Kylie McDaniel's gone. It's really nice to have two guys in there instead of one, just so you have two opinions. Obviously, they get the opinions of a bunch of scouts and other um, other front office types, so they're not just using their own opinions all the time. But two guys to bounce off is better than one, but Eric Longenhagen is still really, really good at his job. With that being said, thank you for listening to my top uh, 100 Fangraphs review. Um, it's a little bit short. I'm sorry about that. Would have liked to make it longer, but... Uh, due to time constraints and not feeling overly well didn't happen this time uh, last thing I'd like to bring up we are still going strong here at slab stocks to bring you information every day and um, emails every day and Sunday slab on Sundays so even though we're all in this together in this quarantine in this you know people losing their jobs 
uh, bartending or wait staff or you know working at Macy's and it closes where, wherever it may be we're still trying to gonna get content out to you guys every single day so you at least have something to look forward to and something to enjoy if you guys have any questions obviously please reach out and dm us um, if you'd like to join our ebay links list it's a good way to follow along with price rises and price drops of certain guys and see who we like who we you know and stuff like that um please sign up for that you can go to slabstocks.com and put in your email really easy that's all it takes and then you'll get an Im- email into your inbox every single morning uh, nice and easy way to learn the market, especially now since the market is changing day by day. Um, that being said, if you guys have any questions or concerns, please reach out to us at Slabsdocs. Um, and if you just, you know, need somebody to talk to and it's not even baseball related, basketball related, you can reach out to my DMs at Slabsdocs, Nate. I know a lot of people are probably having a tough time out there. And uh, I at least, at the very least, can listen. I don't have much life experience with uh, any of this. Obviously, none of us do. But, you know, sometimes you just need somebody to listen. So if you need help, reach out. I don't know what we'll be able to do, but we'll do our best. So thank you all for your support. Uh, Thank you all for your support in the previous months and the months upcoming when it gets a little bit tougher. I hope you all are doing well. Hope you all are uh, staying productive in this weird time and uh, staying busy. So thank you all for listening to this podcast today, and I hope you all have a good rest of your Wednesday.